Welcome to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tab the Croc, and every Monday, I talk to someone here in North Idaho, the goal to connect more people in the Coeur d'Alene area. And then every Friday, I talk to someone outside the community to bring in a new perspective and to learn a little bit about yourself. I have Andy with me today, um, realtor, podcaster, uh, community leader, great guy. I'm really excited to chat with you. Andy, thank you so much for joining me. Awesome. Thank you for having me here. Really appreciate it. Of course. So tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're up to, and how are things right now? Yeah, so I am one of the hated Californians that moved into North Idaho. Um, Actually, I grew up in the San Bernardino Mountains near Big Bear, um, down by Lake Arrowhead area. Moved up here almost five years ago. Was a mechanic for close to 10 years and then uh, wasn't happy with what I was doing. So I transitioned into real estate and then, um, you know, podcasting and entrepreneurship. I know. And you're killing it. Um, I know. It's so funny. The people that moved here, like, I don't know, over five years ago from California, I was like welcoming. I'm like, yeah, come on in. Now you're mm-hmm. like, mm, no, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a different wave coming in right now too. Um, it, we're all feeling it. So. Well, and I feel like if you're from the big, I mean, if you don't know where Big Bear Arrowhead is, it is like Coeur d'Alene. Like it's a small community, lake town yeah. up in the mountains, like just very secluded and beautiful. So you just kind of move from like one Coeur d'Alene to another. Yeah. And I actually grew up in Running Springs, which is a much smaller town than Big Bear. And it's, it's a little bit below Big Bear. I think it was about 6,500 elevation. And um, I want to say we were, I could be wrong on the numbers, but maybe around 3,000 people. Yeah. And now so- I'm- this is the big city. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is the big city. But it is like all, especially if you're on, like I live downtown, so I don't leave downtown. um, Mm -hmm. unless I really have to, because I was just talking to someone like going to Hayden is like 30 minutes at the wrong time of day. You know, I had a, someone I used to work with about a year ago on a different team. She, (laughs) she lives downtown and she always told me that if she left downtown, it was like, it was being off Island. She's like, I don't go to post falls. That's too far. And it's really only 15 minutes away. So for us people who've moved up here from different areas, I mean, it's literally like, it's like driving down the street. Oh, I joke to people. I don't, I don't go past Harrison um, at all. <laughs> well, I wouldn't either. There's not much down there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, I just like, like I have Safeway close. I have like the downtown. I got my office. I have like all my meetings. I'm like, yeah, meet me downtown for coffee. <laughs> Yeah, no, and we moved our office downtown. Like I was telling you when I saw you last, uh, we're downtown Coeur d'Alene as well. And, and I love it down here. It's nice to just be able to meet clients and you can walk everywhere. It's so awesome. And you guys are in a great location, um, just right like in the middle of it all. And so close to like for lunch, coffee, or just have a great view and want to like go walk around the park and like stretch your legs. Like it's just really fantastic to be down there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the real estate game is crazy. I've been talking to a couple other real estate agents and I've been interviewing other real estate just from like all different perspectives. And so I would love to hear your perspective on what happened this week with being on the, or, you know, wall street journal front page about how that, you know, Coeur d'Alene's booming and the real estate's crazy. It's great for real estate, but it's also interesting for our community or someone that's trying to like, that's been here for a long time, like myself, it's like to buy or find anything. It's like, it's impossible. So what's your like take? How do you feel about all of this change? Um, 
mixed, right? Like I'm in the business of growth. This is what we do is, is help people move and, and uh, whether it's locals or people moving in the state or out of the state, the article definitely blew up. Um, I think just about every realtor up here shared that article the other day. And um, I mean, I had family members sending it to me. So it, it was definitely an impactful article. I think that the people who didn't already know about Idaho, now they do. But in in reality, the secret was out. Um, COVID really ramped up what people were, where people were moving, right? So if you saw, how long have you been looking for real estate? Has it just been in the last few months? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, just, I mean, I've, I've watched the market, like, um, especially my mom bought a house in like 2014. I moved back into the area from living over in Montana and I yeah. bought a great little spot out in the prairie for like 150, 160,000 and she resold it for the most crazy amount. And so that's what I was like, mm-hmm. what's happening? Yeah. Even my house, I mean, I bought my house in 2016 for about 200 and I would easily sell it today for four just because of where the market sits. Um, so even back in 2019, we were, we were at a lack of inventory, uh, a lot of people moving into the area, but it really wasn't until COVID hit that we had a little bit of a dip when we first went into our lockdowns. And as soon as that opened back up, our real estate market just blew up. And I think the reason for that was people realized they could work from wherever they needed to be, uh, you know, work remotely. And so why not leave the big cities where you can't leave your house and can't do anything and move to an area like Coeur d'Alene where, uh, well, we were open a lot sooner than most, but you have a lot more rural land, a little bit more space. So people come out here for, for a little bit more freedom. Um, but like I said, I'm torn because I'm in the business of growth, but I also see the, there's a different wave of people coming up here that think that they want to change it into, they act like they don't want to change it, but what they say and do is two different things, right? So they almost want to change it to what they came from. And all I would suggest to those people is, uh, you came here for a reason. If you don't like the prices from the other States, don't do what you did there. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great point. And you know, my only, I think I, I'm always been like pro growth. Like I've always been like, you know, great things come when your city grows and when things are done correctly and things grow correctly. I mean, you can bring in so much great things into like a community that sometimes is stuck way in the past. Yeah. For so long, like Coeur d'Alene, I felt like was like, we're not growing at all. And everyone else is like these new changes and these new things. I mean, it did help with a lot of like, I think like the innovation den and a lot of those co-working spaces and that stuff starting to like boom in the area. That's really brought a lot of people, I think to like, Oh, there's, I mean, we can still have that small town feel, but have growth and see some great things and young professionals starting their own businesses. And then, but then when this whole new wave came in, you're just like, I was talking to someone, a parent and they're like, yeah, we can't keep teachers that because they have nowhere to live. And so that starts to scare me. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Or there's nurses, but they're like, we have no, we can't find a home. And so that's the part that I get a little nervous about is like, oh my gosh, like the working class or service industry, not finding the places to work or to live. Yeah. And and the housing, the housing shortage, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, but it's not forever. Right. I mean, you have, you have ups and downs in every real estate market. A lot of people think that we're going to see another 2008 correction where we actually have a, a crash. I don't believe that's going to happen. I talked, I've talked to so many different people. When you look at the numbers, I think what people need to realize though, is that these prices are here to stay. Even everyone keeps talking about how inflated they are. And yeah, they, they are tremendously inflated from what we saw even two years ago, or even a year ago, I would say a year and a half ago, 
before COVID. But if we all bank on it's just going to crash, you will never get into the market. And it's just part of real estate. I would I would look at it in a way of um, it, it's going to continue to grow no matter what. And we, even if we see a correction, I don't see it going back down to those prices. Um, you have too many people moving here. The job growth is going to happen. So I think when people look at it and say, hey, I can't afford these, these houses, we need to start being a little bit more creative about what we do with our incomes. So if we're still working for an employer that's only going to pay us minimum wage, which I think Idaho is still, what, $7.50 an hour? Bad, $7.50 hour? So bad. Um, not, to, not to bag on those employers. Maybe they can't afford more, but let's look at how do you bring in more streams of income so you can keep up with that growth. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's what I was going to ask you, like what, what kind of advice would you give someone like myself or someone that's like in that, like, you know, maybe have lived here for their whole lives for a long time. And they finally are starting to like have roots and they want to like stay here a long time or buy a house or like do what's advice that you have for someone that wants to like actually buy. Save as much cash as you can. Um, you know, I'm super passionate about business. That's why I run my podcast. Right. So I like, I like helping people figure out ways to create income, ways to, to start new businesses and think about things a little bit differently. So that's a big driver behind my, my podcast is to help people figure out how do they, how do they change the direction of their family's outcome compared to the rest of the family, right? Their, their history and their family may be always working for someone else and making a certain amount, but why don't we change that direction and help you figure out how to make more so that you can go afford to buy a house or investment properties or build your own company. Um, I don't know that I have a like one size fits all recommendation. I would say figure out what you're passionate about and figure out how to connect it with uh, income. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And a lot of people are settling for the jobs that like, or that like, you know, make great money, but there is no growth or those kind of things. So that's great to find something passionate and like really just dive in and do it. Great segue. Well, yeah. I'll just add on that too. I mean, we are in a, we are in a very unique time, right? It, there's never been a time where you could go online and literally create a business within one day and start selling products. So when people tell me they can't afford something, or they don't have the money or they can't find a job, I'm sorry, but we have more opportunities at our fingertips than any, any of our parents did. Oh, so sure. it's just about being creative and then putting the work in. Oh, it is a great point. Like, I mean, I help people run their social media accounts. Like I just yeah. build content and help them out and I get paid to do that. And so I'm like, I get paid to build content. Like right. think about that. And I'm like, I mean, and my brothers make fun of me because they're like, that's not a, like, that's not a real thing. I'm like, it really <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to figure out ways that I can like, you know, make a little extra cash. Cause I work for a nonprofit. So it's like one of those yeah. things, great point. Like we have so much opportunity just to be a little creative and it's actually yep. kind of fun. Like, I don't, it's not like a job I hate to do. Yeah. You enjoy it. It's on your own terms. Uh, there's just, there's so many things we can do out there. And I think that, I think that we just need to start looking at uh, instead of worrying about where the market's going, whether it's real estate or the job markets aren't keeping up, how do we just create our own opportunities? Yeah. Great point. So I want to jump into your podcast now. So yeah. what made you start this podcast? What made you I mean, you've definitely grown it and you're doing a great job. And like, when you interviewed me, I walk in, I'm like, holy cow, this guy's got the setup. Like he's got all the sound, he's got the camera, he's got all the cool stuff. So like, what made you do this? Well, one, you've got to see our new studio that we just set up. We just finished up today. Um, it's all soundproofed and everything. And um, 
so I don't know if I told you before, but I'll, I'll tell your guests. You know, I was a mechanic for close to 10 years, um, more recently working for Caterpillar out in Spokane. But I just wasn't happy with what I was doing. I had been in that industry for quite some time. Um, never made as much as I, you know, wanted to, right? So I got out and got into real estate. And then I've always had a passion around entrepreneurship and business. And when I started talking to other people, you know, I saw guys in the industry that had been doing it for quite some time, 40 years, and they just were miserable by the end of their career. And so when I would talk to some of the younger guys that were starting to go down that same path, it was like, well, hey, why don't you go, why don't you go start a business? Or why don't you go do this? And, and every single time, their limiting beliefs held them back and said, oh, you know, I can't make it. It's too hard. I don't know where to start. So the whole thing with my show was I wanted to be able to bring a perspective from business owners and entrepreneurs to show real life examples of how they did it. Because everyone who's created a massive business, or I would say the majority of people who create massive business, they're just regular people like you and me. And they started somewhere, right? And typically the beginning was not as uh, profitable and fun as, as they are making it look like at the end. So it was really for me to help change people's perspectives to give them examples of how they can do it themselves. So I've had everyone from business owners, entrepreneurs, and then people who teach personal growth, because as a business owner, if you don't work on yourself personally, you're not going to be able to grow your, your business very far. So true too. Like, and I love that, that you, I mean, if, if you're not watching his podcast, go check it out. He brings in some really great guests locally, but like even further out and like a lot of the, like you said, that personal growth and how important it is. Um, whether it's reading leadership books, going to conferences, listening to webinars, listening to podcasts, all that stuff is so important. And do you think that's a part of why you're so, so successful is that you're surrounding yourself with those things and with those people? Yeah, there's many things. I mean, I, I'm pretty self-driven, so um, I don't know if it's just an obsession or, or what it is, but I enjoy it. And I work on that stuff all the time. I've also realized too, through interviewing all these other people, I've actually started interviewing people outside of the country. So I've had guests on from Iraq, Australia, uh, England, Mexico, all, all over the place. But one of the most impactful ones for me was the guy I interviewed from Iraq. And he's, a, he's an entrepreneur. It's very uncommon for people in that country to be entrepreneurs. And when, he sh when we started talking about it, they don't even have simple things like PayPal. Right. So when we all talk about, hey, we can jump on and start a Shopify account and sell products um, in a day, he doesn't have the the platforms to use for paying. Right. And um, that just struck a chord with me because it was like, hey, we have tools everywhere we go. We can literally go online and create any business we want in one day. You know, some some people are faster at it. So maybe a couple hours. <laughs> But you see someone like that who's doing really well, and he's in a country that's, that's typically um, poor, right? That doesn't have a lot of wealth, and he's able to build big businesses. And so, I don't know. I just I think that we take, um, take things for granted out here like crazy and don't realize what opportunity is in front of us. Oh, it's such a great point. We do. And I think um, everyone has made fun of America and the things that like why we're, you know, with all of our politics and everything that goes mm -hmm. on. But then you look at it, like how much freedom we have and how we can like start, I could start a new business today. Like, it's yep. just crazy how the opportunity, like you said, like there's PayPal, Venmo, we have everything. Like you can make your own website if you're willing to like go through like YouTube videos and stuff. And you can do any of that stuff, no matter what yeah. age you 
who you are. So I think that's a great point is that we really do have it pretty fantastic. We do. And I think um, it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum anyone's on. I think that overall in America, we're kind of some whiny babies, right? Like we, we make excuses for why we don't achieve the goals that we want to achieve instead of just taking responsibility and, and taking care of it ourselves. Great point. Well, I want to ask you a few fun questions. Okay. Um, so what is your favorite go-to restaurant in the uh, North Idaho area? Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> there's, and I have to pick one. You can, well, some people do like, this is my breakfast. This is my lunch. This is where I like, you know, like people really kind of break it up. So I never tell rules. <laughs> I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Cause it's, it's probably the two places we go the most down here, downtown. We go to Sweet Lou's and we go to Rocco's. Rocco's. I don't think I've ever been to Rocco's. You needed to go there. It's good. Rocco's? It is next to Vault Coffee. So, oh, uh, the new place. Yeah. Fourth and Sherman. Yeah. I the reason the reason we started going there is it's literally the building next door to mine. And then now we're just obsessed with it. Now they have, I walked by yesterday. Was it dollar beers on Wednesday or something? I was like, whoa. Yeah. I think he does. Um, he does food that's not even on the menu either. I think tacos on Tuesday and stuff like that. So, yeah. I'm going to try to, I walk by because I go to Pita Pit all the time for like a salad. And I walk past it and I've been meaning to go in. So what is the kind of food do they have? Um, I don't know what ethnicity, I, I don't know if I would categorize it as Japanese, but they have like, um, like teriyaki noodles, things like that. Okay. Okay. I got it. So like the, the Asian, like the noodles and the, yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Perfect. I was like, and then yeah. tacos, that's why it threw me off. Cause that's what I thought it was. And then I was like, it says taco Tuesday. And so I was like, wait, what is this? Yeah. He, he does. He just does his own thing outside of the menu on that day. I love it. So since you are now downtown Coeur d'Alene area, if you had a billboard right in downtown, what would your billboard either have or say on it? That's a really good question. I don't, man, you stumped me. I know. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be business. It could be fun. It could be real estate. It could be personal. It could be whatever you want it to be. Um, I don't know. I think I would have something simple like impact others, you know? Mm-hmm. I like seeing people, what I love about our community, it's even though it's a bigger town, right, than where I grew up, it's still a very small town vibe. And I think there's still so many people that look out for each other. It's, um, you know, and want to help each other inside of this community. Well, that was going to be my next question is what is your favorite thing, especially you're, you're definitely an outsider. Like, what is your favorite thing about this community? Um, especially like I've been grown up, I grew up in the area. I know what it's like, but to to hear that perspective from someone else is really cool that someone's only been here for five years, six years. Yeah. Hear what, like, really what draws you to our Coeur d'Alene, North Idaho community? Um, well, for us, I mean, it, it was very similar to where I grew up. Um, I mean, it's beautiful up here. Go outside and you know why people move here for the, you know, for those aspects. I would just say the people is the biggest draw now that I've been here, just knowing the individuals, there's a lot of business owners up here and people who are very interconnected with the community. Which I love. That's I and mean, it's the people. And that was a great point is that, um, you know, if something tragic happens in our community or something is like, you know, a nonprofit really needs to like do a capital campaign and raise a bunch of money for a building for the boys and girls club or, you know, the humane society or whatever it is, everyone rallies around and raises the money. I'm like, where did all this money come from? Like, it's yeah. really cool to see that. Or like when, um, Greg passed away, when he was shot, the officer, 
And it was like the whole community stopped and was like, what can we do for this family? What can we do for the police department? What can we do? And to sort of rally around families and businesses and, you know, or if there was a fire, when there was a fire downtown and that business is lost. I mean, it was like, everyone's like, can we raise money? How do we do? How do we help these people? And I was just, I love, love love that when tragedy like strikes, it just really makes you love your community even more. Yeah. And I think I saw a lot of that during COVID too, right? When, when there's certain businesses that got shut down, there's a lot of other entrepreneurs and business owners in local area that stepped up and started putting together donations or just figuring out how they supported those businesses that were struggling. Right. Or the restaurants were like, Hey, you can, you can get to go orders. And everyone's like, great. Everyone order from this business. And yep. definitely, I heard a lot of people are like, we were doing takeout at least once a week because they were like, we want to support a different business each week, even though that some of us aren't working, it was a way for them to like, instead of buying groceries, ordering takeout from a restaurant. My wife and I ordered more fast food during fast food, but you know, right. uh, takeout food from during that time than usual, just because we wanted to give them extra support. I know it's hard and that's hard to watch as one of your favorite restaurants or your businesses having to close because there's, they, they can't serve anymore and you have to make rent still. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been a few up here too. I mean, there's a lot more throughout the rest of the country. I think our community came together a little bit better, but even up here. We're so lucky compared to other, especially big cities. Cause the thing is that big cities are impacted because they're just, everybody's on top of each other. So of course the virus is going to spread when people are in a small space. So right. they'll have to like be shut down that part. That's really hard. We're very lucky to have our, you know, what we have. Um, so we talk about personal growth and leadership and stuff. Is there a book or a podcast or something you're listening to or reading right now? That's really kind of your go-to either podcast or book or whatever. No, I mean, I read books all the time. So the current one I'm working on is, uh, it's called Building a Story Brand. So it's um, it's more for like how, it's a marketing book. But I would say an impactful book that, that really changed my mindset around business and money and, and um, really changed me from a, a broke mindset to a, a growth mindset was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, I hear that from so many people. Literally every person that's joining our team that's in our packet our, our onboarding packet of like, Hey, we suggest you read this book. Strongly suggest. Mm -hmm. Strongly suggest. Yeah. Like if you don't do it, I'll read it to you. (laughs) How about you just get a book on tape? Can I get it on Amazon for you? No, it's, it's crazy because that book was written, I think early nineties, but it is, um, if, if there's anyone who's listening to this podcast right now and they are working a job where they're not making a lot of money, they're not happy go read that book, read it. And if you don't get it after you read it the first time, read it two more times. It's the most, it's very simple, easy to read book, but if it doesn't impact you, like, holy crap, this is powerful. Then read it two more times. Good, good piece of advice. Um, so if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would that person be? Oh man. You know, I need to start doing this in my podcast. I don't have any, I don't have interesting questions to throw people off. Like I this. love to see people's wheels. They're like, crap, crap. I should have prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. I have a few in my podcast like that too. And then I just, but it, nothing like this. So, um, man, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've well, been I- around like celebrities and people like my grand, my grandfather was in the movie industry. So I've been to like the Academy Awards and stuff like that. So I, like that, I don't know. Well, I interviewed Danica, you know, Danica, she's in real estate. I just interviewed her and she had a great one that I actually like, kind of was like, that was great just because he passed away this last week. 
um, Dwayne Hagedon. And so I've, I've met him once, but I was like, man, to sit down with Dwayne Hagedon and really talk to him about like what he was thinking. I mean, he went to school, he went to college for six months and to like really see how he, I mean, he's made Coeur what it is. And so yeah. like to like pick his brain, I was like, man, that's a great answer. I would have done, I mean, I got to meet him for, you know, an hour, but it was like with a group of people and we were giving him a tour. And so I was like, right. that would have been a really good one to have a dinner with. Yeah. I mean, he was so integral into building this community out here. It's, that was a sad thing. I, I actually didn't know until that Sunday that I ran into you. Oh yeah. 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 When Cause I think it happened the day before. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, and it hit everything. And I was like, man, and he's been a huge part of our community. I mean, I, when I worked for Boys and Girls Club, we gave him a tour through the Boys and Girls Club right before he donated like a million and a half dollars to the Boys and Girls Clubs. And I was just like, I guess, cause he got a bad rap for a lot of things. Cause people only saw one side of stuff and they didn't see like all of the amazing things he did for our community and the things him and his wife both, you know, will continue to do because of their money. Yeah. Hmm. So now yeah. you think about this, so you have to think about it. I'll ask you next time I see you. I'll be like, so who are you going to have dinner with? You know what? I'll, I have the answer. I would say uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, great one. Yeah. Was- As we were talking, it was like he's, some people get annoyed by him, right? Because he talks so much uh, and he does, but <laughs> that dude's a genius when it comes to marketing. I would love to have wine with him. Yeah. Film an episode on his wine, wine TV. Yes, because I bet the things that come out of, I mean, the things that come out of his mouth as it is, I can't imagine when you like banter with him and talk with him over dinner and learn something. I mean, oh, that would be a great person to just pick their brain. Yep, absolutely. So Andy, if someone's listening and they're like, totally like, I want to listen to his podcast. I want to work with him. I want to know about his real estate. How do people get a hold of you? Well, they can find me on just about every platform at, at Resourceful Agent. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, TikTok. And after our podcast, I've, you know, I, I pushed back on TikTok for a while and then I finally, I finally released one. So I've been putting videos out and some of it's stupid videos from just walking around. Some of it's uh, real estate tips, business tips. Uh, but yeah, for anyone listening, they can go to resourcefulagent.com, resourcefulagentrealty.com if they're interested in real estate, um, and then all platforms at Resourceful Agent. I made it super simple so no one forgets it. Yeah, and TikTok, I mean, people joke and think it's funny, but like I put like I put funny stuff and then I put it in a podcast. The other day I got a bunch of views off one of my random podcasts and someone like like five new people started listening and I was like, see, you just got to like put the content out there and they'll come. You know what the big trigger for me when I realized this isn't just a kid's app. And uh, I think everyone should remember too, I had to remember this, when any program or any app has come out, social media platform, everyone has said, hey, it's for kids. When YouTube came out in 2008, everyone thought it was for cat videos and stupid stuff. People make millions of dollars off of YouTube. So if if that doesn't tell you something. Um, What really triggered it for me though, is I was sitting at home and I realized I'm seeing my wife on her phone right? She's sitting there night after night watching videos. I realized how engaged she was with every video that was coming up. And I, I, we're in our thirties. Like we are not little kids and it's keeping her attention. Who else's attention is it keeping? It's not just kids watching it. There might be kids and younger generations making stupid videos and putting it up, but who is actually watching it? Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think like the millennials take over. I love how like that 
I guess we're probably close in ages, but like our generation yeah. starts to take over and it's like, this is super cool because they start, they're very smart. They're like, oh, we see how like what's happening and how can we use this into our advantage? And mm-hmm. like you said, like I'm engaged, like some of the people I follow, I feel like they're my friends and I, I don't know these people, but I'm like, I look forward to their video, whether it's inspiring, whether it's funny, whether it's lighthearted, whether they're selling product. Like I love to watch makers on TikTok, like make their earrings and they do one of those fast forward videos. And I'm like, gosh, this is really cool. And I like watch the whole thing. And I was like, such a great point is like how engaged we are really watch what's like happening behind it. And that goes for every social platform too. Uh, You made the comment that you feel like, you know, them, I think anyone who owns a business right now, if they're not utilizing social media and online and online presence, they're missing opportunity and they don't even realize it. Um, it's not like instant gratification, right? It's a long process, but that you're, they're basically building rapport with you. I guarantee if you saw one of those people you watched on TikTok every day, if you ran into them in person, it would probably not be very hard to have an easy conversation with them. No. And you would connect. You're like, oh my gosh, I do the same thing with with my family yep. or whatever it is. And that's such a great point. And I've been, I've been putting out social content for such a long time. And it's funny now I'll be out in the community and people are like, oh my gosh, you're Tabitha runs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, what? I'm yeah. not Tabitha. <laughs> like, but it's funny to like, it's such a good, it's a funny thing. Like you just said, is like, you feel, they feel like they know me when I, I have no idea who they are, but they watch my content. So they know about my running, they know about my podcast. So it's a great point is that you, if you are a business owner and you are not using social media, it, it's not going to be good for your future. No, some people still think that the internet's going to go away. It truly isn't. It's here to stay. I know. I saw a meme the other day. Some lady was quoted about a video games and she was like, it's just a fad. Video games will go away. People will get bored with it. And I'm like, oh no, they just get more intense. <laughs> That's it's just ignorance. I think people just don't realize how powerful it is or they, they, they want it to change, right? They don't, they don't want it to continue growing, but well, and that's it a great point that you made with our community growing and a lot of other small mountain towns or like, like it was crazy. Spokane Valley was on that list for the top 10 places to live and that are growing Billings, Montana, like these really cool places. Oh, shoot. Um, that are really like growing. And so, um, is that you have to accept it and like, how can you like go along with it? Like, how can you be part of it? How can you be like, same with the social media or the, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just like, yeah, how can be a part of it. It's hard. I mean, nobody likes change. I think that's just a innate human behavior that we're pre-programmed with. I don't think that people get very comfortable when things stay the same and things never stay the same. Even the community I grew up in, it changes over time, right? It's not, it's not going to look the same today as it was 15 years ago. It's just your perspective. And I think that, um, looking at it in a positive way, how do you look at it in a positive way and just adapt with it? Some people just can't and that's okay. So that's a great point. So last question. Um, if, is there a piece of advice someone has given to you along the way, whatever kind of advice it is that has kind of really like stuck with you and has really kind of made you who you are, or, you know, has something that like made you a better person that you can share with our listeners? I don't know if there's any one piece of advice. Um, I would say just live your life with integrity and, and treat others how you want to be treated. I think we live in a society where um, everybody's so quick to just want to defend their own perspectives and argue with everyone else that doesn't agree with them. 
I think we just need to realize that we are different people, right? That's what makes us unique. And if someone has a different perspective than you, just accept it and just know that you guys are different in those areas. But you've seen this too. Everyone who's listening, who's ever been on social media sees in the last few years, it just, there's a huge divide going on between everyone. That everyone fights all the time. I think if you just accepted that someone else has a different perspective than you and moved on from it, you don't have to fight your, your point all the time. Oh, it's so true. It's like, and we are in a very divided time. And so that's a very good point is that we need to listen, especially with the growth. I mean, like, I think it's kind of like I had a light bulb moment with you today. So thank you. Um, is that, you know, I find myself getting angry with people moving here. I'm like, and I've never been like that until the last couple of days. And then like this article came out, I'm like, are you kidding me? I felt I like know, I saw your, I saw your post online. <laughs> I felt like a little old woman, like pissed off at the world. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like it's, I mean, if I want to live here, I've got to be able to accept it. And how can I either like join in and like buy something or do I need to move and find something else? So it was a great point, And I really appreciate that. Yeah. I hope I answered your question fully. I just kind of start started going off on a tangent there, but, I but that. I would say just, yeah, live your life with integrity and treat others how you want to be treated. Perfect. Well, thanks, Andy. Hey, absolutely. It was great being here. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.